Live. We want to thank everybody for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. So we are definitely, brothers and sisters, um, coming in to you. We are, you know, fixing some camera work here for you and everything. And uh, <clears throat> it's okay. Here, right? Resume. There you go. All right. right. Sorry about that, brothers and sisters. We're going to ask you guys to go ahead and start the process of sharing the video Uh, right now. We're going to ask you guys to start the process of sharing the video right now. Um, Brother Messenger, greet the people who are on on the line and on air. Everybody out there in Truth Hour land, how y'all doing today? We pray a blessing over you uh, right now. Just want to make sure everybody tuning in. You got your Bibles, you got your pen and your pad, <clears throat> so you can follow us on this lesson. Um, we're gonna be setting up our YouTube channel in a minute. Um, but man, I'm glad to see everybody out there. I see Tavy, all right, Savannah, Crystal. Okay, I see y'all. All right, all right. Sure. Girl. Okay. We got Team Truth out there. Crystal, we see you. Yeah, Jay Stubbs in the building. Yeah, what's happening? All right, now, that's what we're talking about. So, yeah, start sharing this video um, so everybody can be a part of this blessing. Many people, we can. Let's spread this word, y'all. We spread all this other stuff. Let's spread this word. That is true. That is true, brothers and sisters. So, definitely, uh, I am continuing to share um, also, as well, we'll be starting shortly, brothers and sisters. We always give everybody um, a moment to get in queue and to get in so that we can um, definitely bring this lesson to you tonight. The spiritual significance of the number 12, we're going to deal with that. Um, it's going to be a pretty um, pretty dope lesson, brothers and sisters. You know, we say dope. We use the word dope. Yeah. You know, my generation. Uh, it's going to be a pretty dope lesson tonight. So let me go ahead and... Oh, and, and Invite some people and share here. I don't know why. Um, does it do this for you all, too? You let me know. When you guys share, does it go in people's inbox now? So we need to know it. When you guys share, does it go into people's inbox? Because when you say send and, and share, it seems like to me now it goes in everybody's inbox now. So let me know. Okay. All right, cool. I'm getting feedback already for some folks. We want to thank you guys for tuning in, tuning on. Um, Darnell Davis. Okay, okay, I see you, I see you. Right, come on, come on. Let's get as many people on this on this line as we can. Who else? Who else we got? Who else we got out there? Uh, Okay, Gina. Gina. All right. We see you out there. The spiritual the spiritual significance of the number twelve. It's today's lesson. The spiritual significance of the number 12, Israel, Jesus, and New Jerusalem. The spiritual significance of the number 12, Israel, Jesus, and New Jerusalem. If you want to find out what God's plan for man is, then we want you to tune in and listen to tonight's show so we can share with you what um, God's plan is for man. And it's all in the number 12. It's all, uh, you know, God is so so beautiful the way he breaks things down. 
you know, and um, he puts it in our lap. You know, it's it's just a beautiful thing, brother. Key, sister Key is real. We see. We got Sister Key out there. We couldn't start without Sister Key being on. So, if y'all want to know why we haven't started yet, y'all, Sister Key, you know, we was waiting on her. To <laughs> All right, guys. She's in the building. Yeah. She is in the building. Let's go ahead and get ready to um, bring bring on our um, YouTube family, and we're gonna go ahead and get straight into this lesson tonight, brothers and sisters. Let me go ahead and hook this up and get go ahead and get straight into our lesson, the spiritual significance of the number 12. The spiritual significance of the number 12. All right. I think we're ready, Brother Messenger. Yes, sir. Okay. You can go ahead, my brother, and lead us into a prayer. <clears throat> and we're going to go ahead and start in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. All right, now, bow heads, humble hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come to say thank you. Father God, you said where there are two or more gathered in your name, there you are in the midst, so we want to thank you for your presence. We pray, Father God, that every ear, Father God, that is listening via Facebook or YouTube, Father God, receive from you, Father God, not from black eyes or not from the messenger, but from your words, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we plead the blood, Father God, that this word go forth, unhindered, untouched, Father God, and be received by your people as you will allow us to give it, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. We thank you for that, Brother Messenger. For those who just tuned in, we want to welcome you to the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. I'm your host, Black Eyes. And I'm your co-host, The Messenger. And we're going to deal with tonight the spiritual significance of the number 12. So without any further ado, Let's go ahead and start this thing right now. Um, let's go ahead and start this thing right now. Twelve. So, um, so, brothers and sisters, the spiritual significance of the number 12. Let's just look at society right now. Everything comes in dozens. Everything. Or a variation of dozens. When you go to the store, you get beer, you buy what? A twelve. Or a six-pack, or, six or, or a case, which is 24. Mm-hmm. You go to a store and you buy eggs, what you buy eggs in? A dozen. A dozen of eggs, eggs right? Yes. It's 24 hours a day broken into two halves, 12 and 12. You only got 12 numbers on your clock. That's it. Although you got 24 hours a day, you got 12, 12 numbers, numbers on your clock. How many months in a year, Brother Messenger? We only got 12. We got 12 months in a year, brothers and sisters, before... A person can go to college, how many grades do they have to complete? They have to complete 12. 12 grades, brothers and sisters. Now, when you go in the courtroom, there's a jury that's in the courtroom. How many jurors are on the panel? We got 12 on the panel, y'all. You know, Ice Cube and, and Tupac back in the day used to be like, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6. All right. So uh, when you put that battery in your car, how many votes is that battery, Brother Messenger? Twelve votes. Twelve votes. Now, when you get a ruler and you look at all the inches on the ruler that make up a foot, how many inches make up a foot? The number 12. Twelve inches. And if you look on your keyboard, brothers and sisters, right now. you got 12 function keys, F1 through F12. Everything in society, brothers and sisters, is predicated on the number 12. Why? That's the question tonight. What's the spiritual significance of the number 12? Now, welcome again to the show. 
The spiritual significance of the number 12, Israel, Jesus, and New Jerusalem. What do you mean New Jerusalem? That's the kingdom that Jesus preached about. When he said, Our Father, thou art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. <clears throat> thy kingdom come. Jesus came and taught one thing and he preached one thing. Well, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Uh, Jesus um, um, Christ. A lot of people don't know the answer to that. The gospel of Jesus Christ. There's only one answer. It's the preaching of the coming of the kingdom of God. That's it. That's all. I want you guys to know that. I want you guys to know that. Again, what is the um, the gospel of Jesus Christ? It is the preaching of the coming of the kingdom of God. That's your answer. Okay? That's what he preached about. What did he teach? He taught us what we needed to do and how we needed to live in order to access the kingdom when it comes. When it comes. All right? So now, <clears throat> the number 12 has a spiritual significance to it. It represents spiritual completion. Mm-hmm. See, seven on this earth represents completion. Seven on this earth represents completion. But God has a number for completion also, and that number is 12. So it represents spiritual completion, and in this lesson we will see that all throughout the Bible, the number 12 is referenced all throughout this Bible. Before we get into the scripture, we just looked at everyday things. Everyday things. We, we, we just ran it down, a dozen of eggs, 12. 12, 24 hours in a day broken into two interviews. 12, 12 months in a year. 12 months in a year. 12 grades before you get to college. 12 jurors in a courtroom. And check this out. When you're a child, there's 12 years you have to complete before you leave the stage of being a child to a teenager. Come on, somebody. Just talk to me. <laughs> Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis, Come the on, 17th chapter. Let's get word. into this word, brothers and sisters. This is a Bible-based show, brothers and sisters. Absolutely. We don't just um, reference the Bible and then just go off the top of our mind. We read on this show. And our motto is, if you can't read it, then don't, don't believe. believe it. Genesis, the 17th chapter, verses 18 through 20. Now, when we look at the beginning in the book of Genesis, we read about Abraham and his son Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Here we see the number 12 in both. Why the number 12? Read it, messenger. Genesis 17, 18 through 20. And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. So we're going to stop right there. So what's going on right here, brothers and sisters, is that Abraham had two sons. Okay, one son was by the hand, by, by the the handmaiden Hagar. Okay, Sarah gave this woman to Abraham because she was ninety years old in in her nineties, and he said, "She said, I can't have no children. You take this woman, this Egyptian woman, mm-hmm. to bear your seed." They couldn't wait on God, right there. So Abraham listened to this woman, had a son named Ishmael, but. God said, I'm not going to send my covenant through him. I'm going to send my covenant through Sarah, 
and she's going to bear a son. Mm -hmm. So what's going to happen to Ishmael? Well, as the story reads on, the wife, Sarah, began to be upset with the other woman, and that normally happens, brothers and sisters. And she <laughs> yeah. said, they got to get up out of here. They got to leave. Go. Take that boy, home. and you get up out of here. And Abraham was like, well, wait a minute now. And God said, listen listen to what she's saying. You, you, you send them away. Abraham, send your son away. And Abraham was like, come on now, God, this is my son. So God is about to explain to Abraham that he's going to be taken care of. And how? Go ahead and read, Brother Nelson. Mm -hmm. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. Okay, he's and talking with, about I, um, Isaac, Isaac right now. Go ahead. And with this seed after him. And as for Ishmael. As for Ishmael. I have heard thee. Okay. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Uh-huh. Twelve princes How many? shall he beget. How many? Twelve. Twelve princes shall he beget. Go ahead. And I will make him a great nation. So, brothers and sisters, um, the people who are considered to be Arabs is who came from Ishmael, which is where the religion of Islam came out of those people. But those people actually came from us. Absolutely. Again, those people who call themselves Arabs and Muslims came from Israel, brothers and sisters. And when I say Israel, I'm talking about Abraham, who was the father. Israel was not um, the name that was chosen yet, but it all goes back to Abraham. Absolutely. Okay, it all goes back to Abraham. And maybe I'll say it better that way because I want to be biblically correct. But they come back from the same source that we come from, brothers and sisters. So now, he said, I'm going to give you 12 princes, brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Again, why the number 12? What does it mean? What does it stand for? What's the spiritual significance of the number 12? Let's go to the book of Exodus, the 28th chapter. Mm -hmm. Now, when we read about the robe that God commanded to be made for Aaron, the brother of Moses, for his priest ministry, it also includes the number 12. Let's read about it, Brother Messenger. Mm -hmm. Exodus 28, 1 through 4. And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother, and his sons with him, from among the children of Israel, that he might minister unto me in the priest's office. Even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ishmar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments of, for Aaron thy brother for glory and beauty. <clears throat> and thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they make Aaron's garment to consecrate him. Okay. That he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which shall they shall make. So these are the garments that they shall make. Be 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 very detailed as to how you're gonna make this man's garment. Check out what's gonna be in this man's garment. Go ahead. Mm. A breastplate and an effort and a robe, and a broidered coat, and a matar, and a girdle. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Now, brothers and sisters, learning something on the way to learning something, Aaron's sons, brothers and sisters, are the ones that constitute the 24 elders. 
Now, we just read that in the story about the 144,000 brothers and sisters, the 24 elders. A lot of people don't know where that came from. That came from Aaron C. So let's go ahead and continue reading, Brother Messenger. Let's go down to 10, verse 10. Go ahead. Six of their names on one stone and the other six names of the rest on the other stone, according to their birth. So let's back up to 9 and then read 9 and 10 again. Go ahead. Mm. And thou shalt take two onyx stones and grave on them the names of the children of Israel. Well, hold on. Wait a minute now. You're going to engrave the name of the children of Israel. How many children of Israel are there, Brother Messenger? It's 12. Go ahead. Six of their names. Six of their names on one stone and the other six names of the rest on the other stone according to their birth. So now let's go down to verse 21, Exodus 28 and 21. Go ahead, my brother. And the stone shall be with the names of the children of Israel, 12, according to their name, like the engravings of a signet. Everyone with his name shall be according to the 12 tribes. So, brother messenger, it would seem that the number 12 has something to do with the children of Israel. But wait a minute, it's getting even deeper than that because that's just the beginning. That's just the start. Let's go to the book of 1 Chronicles, the 25th chapter. Now, when we read about David, Mm. we know that he was a musician. Yes. But he also led 288 other musicians dedicated to the service of the ministry through music. And it's okay to sing in in the house of God, and it's okay to worship in the house of God, but you got to get this word in you because singing and praising is not enough. You got to be educated on the word of God, brothers and sisters, because, see, the singing and the praising is going to make you emotionally full. And you're going to leave happy. You're going to leave excited. But that's emotional, brothers and sisters. It fills your spirit. That's emotional. But that ain't going to last for the next seven days until you go back to your houses of worship. But once you get this word in you and you start learning things that are in this word and being educated on the word of God, now you're equipping yourself with the power to resist Satan. The wiles of the devil. And the power to fight against the wiles of Satan, brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. because he's going to come against you on your job, in your house, amongst Everyone. your family, amongst your friends. And if you don't have this word inside of you, in order to combat that on a spiritual level, you're not going to know how to deal with it. You're going to walk around all day upset, angry, and bitter because you don't know that the devil can't win playing Man, God's God. game. But you don't even know what God's game is because you won't pick up the book and read it for those who don't. So, 1 Chronicles 25, let's start at verse 1. 1 Chronicles 25, let's start at verse 1. Moreover, David and the captain of the host separated to the service of the sons of Asaph, and and of Heman, and of Juthun, who should prophesy with hearts, with palsy, and with symbols, and the number of the worksmen according to their service was. So, in other words, brothers and sisters, those of you who are entertainers, like Brother Messenger and I, we're spoken word artists and we're poets, amongst other things. Mm -hmm. But it behooves us to use this gift that we have, this instrument called this vocal cord and this body, Mm -hmm. in order to minister to the people through our music, the word of God, brothers and sisters. 
So this is what David was instructed to do with other musicians. Go ahead and get these people. Let them use their cymbals. Let them use their harps. Let them use their instruments and, and, and let them feel the house of God with their, with their music. Let's go down to 6 through 9. Go ahead, my brother. First Chronicles 25, 6-9. All of these were under the hands of the father of their father for song in the house of the Lord, with cymbals, psalteries, and harps, mm-hmm. for service of the house of God, according to the king's order to Asaph, Juthun, and Heman. Okay. So the number of them with their brethren that were instructed in the songs of the Lord, even all that were cunning, and two hundred four score and eight, and they cast lots. Ward against ward, and well the small as the great, the teacher as the scholar. Now the first lot came forth Asaph to Joseph, the second to Gilead, who with his brethren and sons were twelve. So brothers and sisters, we're going to stop right there because we got the number twelve again. We got the number twelve again. So it said with this son... It was 12, and now you can go and read this whole chapter on yourself, but we stopped at 9, and if you read 9 all the way down to 31, all these sons were based on the number 12. So let's read 31, and let's see how many we got, because we started with one that had 12, but there was 20. Let's read how many of them there were. Go ahead. The 4 and 20th. So there was 24 that had 12, okay, 24 of them, okay, Ramentizer, he, his sons, and his brethren were 12, so between the sons and the brothers, every one of them made up 12, so we got 24 times 12, which makes up 288 musicians that were charged with doing the work of God with their Instruments, brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. what is the spiritual significance of this number 12, messenger? We got to understand and we got to know the answer to this question. Let's go ahead over to the New Testament in the book of Luke. Let's go. Let's go to Luke. Luke, the second chapter, brothers and sisters. Luke, the second chapter. We're talking about the spiritual significance of the number 12. Israel, Jesus, and New Jerusalem. What's the spiritual significance of the number 12? Now, we go to Luke, the second chapter. Mm -hmm. Jesus showed brilliance at the age of 12. Come on. With wisdom that confounded the religious leaders of his day. Mm. Let's be clear. He didn't start his ministry at 12 because it's against the law of God to go into the ministry before the age of 30. We can show you that at another lesson and at another time. So all of these churches that are putting 20-year-olds in the pulpit to start his, his ministry, they are in error because it is a law in this book that you cannot start ministry until you are the age of 30. That's why Jesus didn't get baptized until the age of 30. Wow. And we getting baptized as soon as we born and don't even understand what we've been dipped in the water for. So, learning something on the way to learning something, brothers and sisters. So, again, let's read this. Luke, 
the second chapter, 41 through 49. Luke 2, 41 through 49. The spiritual significance of 12. Let's go. Luke 2, 41 through 49. Go ahead. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. So Jesus kept the Passover. It didn't say he went on Easter. Jesus did not keep Easter, brothers and sisters. That is a pagan holiday that's dedicated to the goddess of fertility. Her name was Ishtar or Isis or Venus or Demetria, depending on what nation or what country you lived in. They all had a goddess of fertility that they celebrated during the springtime, which is when the grass grew back, the leaves came back on the trees, and it was a very fertile time for nature, so they had a goddess of fertility. And that goddess was represented by an egg, which represents new life, and a rabbit, which represents an animal that's very fertile. And so these were the symbols that they were used. But it didn't say Jesus commemorated or celebrated Easter, nor his parents. Read that again. What did they celebrate? God's Day. Let's go. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. Okay. And when he was 12 years old, Uh they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. So it was Jesus' custom to keep the Passover. Are we keeping the Passover? Go ahead. And when they had fulfilled the day that they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. So Jesus was missing, brothers and sisters. They didn't have no milk cartons back in the back of the day said, have you seen Jesus? They, they didn't have that. But Jesus was missing. They thought he was with them. It was a long train um, of people who were navigating from, from Jerusalem back to where they came from. Go ahead. But they supposed him to have been in the company when a day's journey, and they saw him among their kinfolk and acquaintances. So they went a whole day without noticing that Jesus was gone. Now, if that was us, DCFS would have got us real quick. (laughs) But Mary and Joseph went a whole day without noticing that Jesus was gone. They thought he was with family. Go ahead and finish reading at 45. Go ahead. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. Okay. Keep keep going. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple. This boy was missing for three days. Imagine you having a child and you can't find your child for, for three, three days. days. But where was he at? He was found where? In the temple. Uh-huh. Sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Okay. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answer. Okay. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou, why hast thus dealt with us? Mm-hmm. Behold, thy father and I have sought three swords. Why are you doing us like this, Jesus? We've been looking for you for three days. Why Why you do your parents like this? What was Jesus' answer? Luke 2 and 49. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business. So, at 12 years old, Luke 2 and 42, and when he was about 12, when he was 12 years old, brothers and sisters, Jesus had knowledge and wisdom and understanding at 12 years old, so much so that the leaders 
of his community were confound, and he knew that he had to be about his father's business. Now, there's not a lot taught on Jesus' life in this book before the age of 12, and there's not a lot taught on Jesus' life in this book after the age of 12. It picks back up around the time that he was 30 years old, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and turn back to the book of uh or uh, over to the next cha- um, book, the book of John. Mm-hmm. Even in Jesus' time, brothers and sisters, we will find that the number 12 is a significant number. Now, Jesus had more than 12 disciples. He did. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> Jesus had more than 12 disciples. But why, why don't we hear too much about that in the churches, brothers and sisters? Well, let's see how it went down and how it got down to 12 disciples. Let's see what happened. It's all about faith, brothers and sisters. Mm. John 6, 38 through 44. John 6, 38 through 34. The spiritual significance of 12. Go ahead. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. What is the will of him that sent him, brother messenger? And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all of which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Brothers and sisters, I want you to understand what brother messenger just read. And I want to encourage all of you that have lost a loved one, okay, whether it be a grandmother, a parent, a child, a sibling, I want you to understand what the messenger just read. And in case you missed it, please stop what you're doing right now and listen to this brother read this scripture one more time. What is the will of the Father that sent Jesus? And this is the Father's will, which have sent me, that of all which he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. See, brothers and sisters, when you become a part of the body of Jesus, a part of the body of Christ, you belong to him. And there is nothing that this world or Satan can do to take you away from him. Now, you can remove yourself. I'm going to say that again. You can remove yourself from him based on your choice, but the world can't take you from him. And Satan don't have enough power to take you from him. All he can do is suggest things subtly to your mind that will cause you to make your uh, your own decision. To remove yourself. To remove yourself. But even the people who have died, my son. My son. At 15 years old who died from cancer. Newborn. Messenger son who was a newborn who died, brothers and sisters. My brother, my father, my grandparents, those of you, brothers and sisters, who have lost a loved one, Jesus said, I have not lost none of them. None of them. He said, everybody that the Father has sent to me, I ain't lost none of them. I will raise them up again at the last day. And when is the last day? It is the return of Christ, brothers and sisters. It is the return of Christ. Now, I got to add something in there because, see, yeah, you got it. a lot of people that thought that they were 
in the body of Jesus really wasn't. I'm going to say that again. A lot of people who thought that they died in Christ really didn't die in Christ, brothers and sisters. Don't mean that they weren't good people. A lot of people just wasn't taught the right thing. They didn't keep the Sabbath day on Saturday. They, 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 they didn't refrain from the foods that God told us not to eat, the pork and the catfish and many of those things. It's a lot of things that they didn't do because they were not aware of it. But don't worry about it. They're not going to be raised up at the last day. Those people, those people will come up a thousand years after the last day, which is called the great white throne judgment. And if they're good, outweighs their bad, then they're going to be a part of the body of Christ also. And they're going to be taught the things that they didn't know while they were alive. Because, again, Satan has deceived the whole world, brothers and sisters. Satan has deceived the whole world. I'm sorry, Brother Messenger. Let's go ahead and continue, man. Let's go ahead and continue. Man, that was good. And this is the will of him that sent me. That everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. So that kills that my loved ones is up in heaven looking down on me smiling. Don't say that no more, brothers and sisters. Nobody's in heaven because Jesus said that if you died in him, I will raise them up at the last day. And the last day ain't here yet. Are you following your pastor or are you following the master? I'm going to say that again. Are Are you you following your pastor or are you following the master? That's the next lesson when we come back on the truth hour. Let's go ahead and continue John 6 and 41. Go ahead. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus the son of Joseph? whose father and mother we know. So, brothers and sisters, people will look at you. I know you. You grew up in Inglewood. I was there when you was running around chasing all them girls. You, you was a womanizer. I remember you. You the one that used to sell drugs and used to go out there and game bang with the dudes sitting on the court. I know you. Ain't this the same Jesus? Mary and Joseph's son? How he talking about I'm the bread of life that came down from heaven? See, people don't understand, brothers and sisters. That spiritual connection that we spoke about on last week's show, the third eye, that spiritual connection, the pineal gland, when you connect directly with the Father and how you transform into a son of the Father, brothers and sisters, no matter who your earthly parents are, have nothing to do with with your spiritual connection and how you become a son of God once you get in tune with this word, 42 and 43, my brother. And they said, it's not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How is it then that he said, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, murmur, not amongst yourselves. No man can come to me except the father which have sent me drop." me draw him. So you can't come to Jesus, brothers and sisters, unless God inspires something inside of you that encourages you to go towards him. And to go towards him means to go towards this book. And to go towards this book means that you are willing to open up your mind to eat the words of this book so that you can come one with Christ and let this mind be in you the same that was in Christ Jesus. 44, one more time, not in heaven right now, but we're in heaven. Um, 
That's your daughter there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 44, go ahead. No man can come to me except the Father which have sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. No, I'm going to raise him up soon as he dies. At the last day. No, when, when we at the funeral, he already going to be in heaven looking down on us smiling. The last day, brothers and sisters. Let's go down to 48 through 55. John 6, 48 through 55. We're trying to show you something on the way to showing you something, brothers and sisters. What's the spiritual significance of the number 12? Remember, Jesus said, I don't lose nobody that the Father sends to me. Nobody. I don't lose nobody that the Father sends sins to me. You can come on your own, but that don't mean that the Father sent you. You can preach the word of God, but that don't mean that you were called and sent by the Father to preach. Come on. I'm sorry. John 6, brother. Go ahead. 48 through 55. Go ahead. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. Mm. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven. That a man may eat thereof and not die. So Jesus is calling himself the bread of life, not comparing to that manna that our forefathers ate in the wilderness when the father released them from the bondage of Egypt, comparing the two breads and telling them that they're not the same. You ain't going to die if you eat this. And they still baffle like, what are you talking about, Jesus? You must be insane. Go down to 52 and 53. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They still don't understand. Go ahead. Then Jesus said unto them, Uh-oh. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man. You got to eat my flesh. And drink his blood. Well, wait a minute now. You done went too far. You talking about drinking your blood, Jesus. Continue, my brother. Ye have no life in you. Continue. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. No, I'm going to raise him up soon as he dies because he's going to be up in heaven looking at me down, smiling. Hmm. What did it say, brother? At the last day. Brother, are you, sisters, are you following your pastor or are you following what the master is saying? Nobody's up in heaven. Jesus has told you, when I come back, I'm going to raise him up. When I come back, brothers and sisters, but that's not being taught at a lot of the houses of worship. Let's go to the last one, verse 55, and then we're going to show the people the answer to the spiritual significance of 12. Go ahead. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. So let's go all the way down to 64 through 67. Let's show you that Jesus had way more than 12 disciples, but... All the other disciples wasn't sent to him by the Father. They arrived on their own because they were marveled because Jesus had a gift. See, brothers and sisters, when you have a gift, a lot of people are going to get on your bandwagon yes. when you got a gift until until it starts getting too hot in the kitchen. <laughs> Then they jump off the train. They got to go. They got to go. I done got everything. I done got my shine off of your shine. Right. And I think that I've arrived, but brothers and sisters, you brought me to the spotlight. That's yeah, right. I think I'm good. I, I don't need you. I don't need you no more. Go ahead, because see, now people start to talk about Jesus, and they're going to talk about you too. But let's go ahead, 64 through 67. Go ahead. But there are some of you that believe not. Mm-hmm. 
But Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not. So wait a minute. All these people that are around you, everybody really don't believe. When you tell them this word of God right here, they, they don't really believe you. And they really don't believe that you're going to do what you say that you're going to do, brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So Jesus told them from the beginning, I, I, I knew who believed and I know who didn't believe. Go ahead. And who should betray him. And he said, therefore, I say unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Mm. From that time, many of his disciples went back. Many of his disciples left him during this time. He said these things. Go ahead. And walk no more with him. And then what did he say, Brother Messenger? Then Jesus said unto the twelve, will ye also go away? So 12 remained, brothers and sisters. Many of the disciples left him, but 12 was the only thing that he needed to do the Father's will and to serve the purpose of the Father. 12, brothers and sisters, I want you to get the significance of 12, what it represents, what it means. It's spiritual completion, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go ahead. I, just, I, I, I want you to read one more thing before you leave. Everybody in your circle, brothers and sisters, I want you to understand this. Everybody in your circle ain't down with you and ain't for you. They just looking, waiting on you to fall. Yes. Let's read this last one. Um, Verse John 6 and 70. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. So what does that mean, brothers and sisters? Mm. And what is it saying? Jesus chose a devil. I want you to understand (laughs) the role and the purpose that Judas had to serve and had to play. Let me me say this. Come on, brother. Listen. Every time you have people in your life that are causing you all of this strife, all of this pain, all of this hurt, and they, you, you can see that they have the devil in them, but they in your circle. You can't get away from them. Some of them your family members, some of them your kids, whatever. Here's the thing. Their purpose for what they were designed for, for your faith. That's right. For your faith to increase, you have to have these people around you. <clears throat> Jesus himself invited the devil. So if he invited the devil and we are supposed to be Christ-like, you're going to have some devils in your life that you need to have around you to complete the mission that God has for you. And you know what? This might be too deep for some of y'all to understand, but the devil works for God too. Absolutely. And he the has to get The devil permission. cannot do anything without the permission of God, brothers and sisters. Read the story of Job. He said, well, let me do this to Job and let me do that to Job. And he allowed him to do different things to Job for everyone around him and our today edification and for his glorification. So haters got a job to play too, just like the devil has a job to play. Now we're going to do something a little bit deeper. We're still talking about the spiritual significance of the number 12, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go to the time chart from man to God. I'm going to say that again. Let's go to the time chart. From man to God. Because when flesh is no more, ain't going to be nothing but God left. That's it. And angels. Angels can't be God. 
So if we become God after this flesh and blood body, joint heirs with Christ. I didn't say that. I'm reading joint heirs with Christ. And if the Son of God is God the Son, and we become joint heirs with him, we become sons of God, also, his brothers and sisters. His brothers and sisters. So from the creation of man to the end of flesh is a 7,000-year time frame. Yes. God made his creation in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. Man was made on the sixth day, so the sixth day for God was the first day for man. Let's look at the chart which lines up with the plan and prophecy of God. So I want to show you guys this right here. So we got this right here. And we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Now, if man was made on day six, put your one up under six. And then since we have seven thousand years or seven days to be in this flesh and blood body, then we want to count from one to seven. That's right. So six will be one, seven will be two, eight would be three, all the way up into twelve, which would be seven. And so if you count it all, it's seven days for man, but twelve days for God. Now Adam, of course, was created in day one. Same day that Adam was created, he died, brothers and sisters. Didn't the Lord say that the day that you shall eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die? Well, a day to the Lord is as equal to a thousand years. So Adam didn't live to be a thousand years old, did he? No, he did not. So he died in the same day that he ate off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is none other than Satan the devil, which was listening to him and his knowledge. Okay? So we got, after Adam was created 2,000 years later, we had Moses come up. Mm, come on. Okay? And then 2,000 years after that, we had Yeshua, Jesus, the Christ, come up. That would be around the fourth day, brothers and sisters. And we today are 2,000 years after Christ, after Jesus, after Yeshua, and we are in day six already, brothers and sisters. We only got... we we're, we only we only got to the end uh, of the seventh, so we got a thousand years, brothers and sisters. But we want to show you what happens and how this lines up with the significance of the number twelve. And let me know, brothers and sisters, if you didn't understand what we just spoke, breaking down these things. But we're going to show you what we were saying and explaining to you with that chart. Let's go to the book of Leviticus, the twenty-third uh, chapter. The book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, mm-hmm. it is so important that we know and study the feast of the Lord because it gives us insight into God's plan for man. Yes. God does not acknowledge man's holidays. He does not. He don't acknowledge Christmas. He don't acknowledge New Year's Day in the middle of a winter month. <laughs> he don't acknowledge that, brothers and sisters. He don't acknowledge Easter. He has his own days that he calls feast days, and there are seven feast days. 
Mm-hmm. And each day represents the plan of God. The Feast of Tabernacles represents the seventh day or the 7,000 years of man, which will be the end of the flesh and blood body. So let's go ahead and read a little bit about this. Leviticus 23, 1 through 4. Leviticus 23, 1 through 4. This is a very important chapter that you've got to learn, brothers and sisters, because this shows you the holy days or the feast days that you're supposed to be keeping and celebrating. This is not taught in a lot of houses of worship. Go ahead. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, Concerning the feast of the Lord. Now, this ain't the feast of the Jews. We didn't read that. So stop adding things to this book that's not there. It's not the feast of Moses. It's not the feast of the Jews. Go ahead. Concerning the feast what? The feast of the Lord. Okay. Which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. My feast, the Lord says. Go ahead. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So no matter whether you live, it doesn't make an excuse whether you live here in America or the Caribbean or anywhere else. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Go ahead. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which she shall proclaim in their season. In the 14th day of the first month, at evening is the Lord's Passover. We're going to stop right there for the sake of time. Now go to verse 33 and 34. 33 and 34. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days until the Lord. So in the seventh month of the year, in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, is the Feast of Tabernacles. So, brothers and sisters, I know what you're thinking. Well, the seventh month is the month of July. Well, brothers and yeah. sisters, we want you to really calculate this thing in your own time. In another lesson, we teach you how to calculate this time in this book. But you got to start with Passover. Passover is on the 14th day of the first month at evening. That's what we just read. So when you see the time of the Passover, you subtract 14 days from that date brothers and sisters, and that's when you get the beginning of months or the beginning or the new day of the year. But go ahead, another lesson for another time. Go ahead. On the first day shall be in holy convocation. I'm sorry, brothers and sisters. Let me just give it to you. So the Passover this year was in March, okay? So March was the first month of the year this year. So if you count seven, you got March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So September would be the seventh month of the year. So this feast is to be kept in the month of September, okay? It's another calculation on calculating what the 15th day of the month is, but I just want to show you that it is in the month of September. Go ahead, my brother. On the first day shall be in holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. Seven days ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be in holy convocation unto you. Okay, so we're going to stop right there. So let's go down to 39. Also in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. 
On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. Oh, well, hold, hold on, wait a minute now. So, this right here, the Feast of Tabernacles, first day is the Sabbath, eighth day is the Sabbath. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, this is so deep. The eighth day? The eighth day, brother. The eighth day. The eighth day represents the coming of the Lord. That's why man runs out of time at seven, brothers and sisters. There is no eight. Because after seven, there is no more flesh and blood. And the Father does not deal with flesh and blood. That's why man has never dealt with the Father. Moses didn't deal with the Father. Abraham didn't deal with the Father. David didn't deal with the Father. Nobody in this book called the Bible or on earth has dealt with the Father because the Father does not deal with flesh and blood. That is the Son's job. So the God of Israel is Jesus the Christ or Yahshua, brothers and sisters. So who was Moses talking to? He was talking to Jesus, Jesus. just in the name Jehovah. Mm-hmm. And the other prophets was talking to Jesus, just in the name Lord God, God Almighty, I am, I am. We can show you that in another lesson at another time, but the real Father's Day is the eighth day, okay? Another lesson for another time, but let's go ahead and read 41 through 43. And ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year, and it shall be a statue forever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate it in the seventh month. Ye shall dwell in booths seven days all that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. So we dwell in this flesh and blood body for seven days, brothers and sisters. All that are Israelites, and brothers and sisters, that also includes all mankind also as well. We live in this flesh and blood body only for seven days or 7,000 years. And then when Jesus defeats that last enemy called death, then the Father can come down. But when the Father comes down, if it ain't no more death, it's no more flesh and blood because flesh and blood returns to the earth from whence it came, brothers and sisters. Mm. So 12 is the number of spiritual completion, brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. It's the number of spiritual completion. Let's go ahead and finish this lesson out, brother messenger. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, finish this lesson out. So now, let's go to the book of uh, Romans. Romans, the 8th chapter, 14 through 17. Romans, the 8th chapter, 14 through 17, brothers and sisters. Romans 8, 14 through 17. Now, after seven days of 7,000 years, man becomes God, joint heirs with Christ. Go ahead, my brother. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So we're going to have a glorified body 
just like Jesus has, brothers and sisters. We're going to be joint heirs, just like Jesus is an heir, brothers and sisters. So we become God. No more flesh and blood. Join heirs with Christ. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, the first chapter. We're going to read one verse, verse 14. Even the angels in heaven will have to submit and be subservient to us. Yes. Once we become joint heirs with God, I mean with, with Jesus, because remember, they're subservient to Jesus now. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Hebrews 1 and 14. Are they not all ministering spirits? Talking about angels. All angels are Ministering spirits, go ahead. Sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Sent forth to minister unto them who shall be heirs, brothers and sisters. Of salvation. Heirs of salvation, and that is us. Now, let's go to Revelation, the 20th chapter. Uh-oh. Revelation, the 20th chapter. Now, we just did a whole lesson on 144,000 and the events that must take place at the end of the sixth day. For the 6,000 years. Now we have to read what happens at the end of the seventh day or the 7,000 year period. And day 12. And day 12. Now, I don't want you to think that we have gotten off topic, brothers and sisters. Remember, according to our chart, day 7 for man is day 12 for God. Day 7 for man is day 12 for God. Revelation 20, 1 through 3. Go ahead. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the keys of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on that dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So before Jesus comes back, this, this has to take place. These events have to take place. The great tribulation period has to happen. That three and a half year period where Satan is just is just in control and, and running things on this earth. And then Jesus is on his way back. But that angel got to come first and bound Satan and throw him to, into a bottomless pit for a thousand years. Go ahead, verse 3. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nation no more. Till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And then what's going to happen after the thousand year reign of Christ, Brother Matthew? And after that, he must be loosed a little seed. So Satan is released after the thousand year reign of Christ. God, why would you release Satan if you got him already shut up? Well, my son, Satan tempted you when you were here. There would be a thousand years when Satan is not here. I have to release him so he can tempt them too. My God is a fair God, brothers and sisters. Go ahead and continue at uh, verse 5. Go ahead. But the rest of the dead liveth not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So in the first resurrection, when Jesus comes back, as we spoke about earlier, those who died in Christ is going to be resurrected at the last day. But if you're not qualified to be resurrected when Jesus comes back, which is at the last day, how many more years you got to wait to be resurrected? Read it again. Mm. But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. So the rest of the dead don't live again until after the thousand years are finished. So you got one group of people being resurrected. And then another group of people, a thousand years after them, being resurrected. So 
let's go to verse 17. Revelation, uh, I'm sorry, verse five, um, 7. Revelation 20 and 7. Go ahead, my brother. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Keep going. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle. The number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Keep going. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So now they are out the way, but we still got to deal with Satan because the armies that Satan got together, the Russians and Gog and Magog, the European nations that are on Russia's side to fight against the saints in Israel, brothers and sisters, fire came down, they're devoured, they're done away with. Okay, so we got still got Satan left. What about Satan? Revelations 20 and 10, now he has his day. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are. So the beast and the false prophet are already in the lake of fire, waiting on Satan to join them. Go ahead, and shall be tormented. And shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So... Brothers and sisters, the lake of fire is a place of torment. You don't get no rest from being tormented. It said they're going to be tormented day and night forever and ever. Verse 11 through 14. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, for whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. So now when you're standing before a judge, brothers and sisters, small and great, stand before God, rich or poor. I don't care who you are, you're standing before God. Go ahead. And then what happened? And the books were opened. The 66 books of the Bible that you have access to right now that you've been reading or scamming through or looking at, you're going to be judged by these 66 books. Go ahead. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Now, the book of life is in heaven. Angels are recording everything that we do, okay? And what were they judged by, Brother Messenger? And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book. They were judged based on the things which were written in this Bible according to what? According to their work. So it's not enough to just read the book, brothers and sisters. It's not enough to just know the book, brothers and sisters. You've got to implement the book in your daily activities. Yes, you've got to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. You've got to do some work, brothers Faith and sisters. without works is dead. Oh, I love Jesus. How do I know you're not out there feeding the hungry, clothing the poor, mentoring nobody? It's all about you. As long as your life is straight, you good. You ain't giving back. Hmm. No charity, no nothing. The, de- the, the dead was judged by those things that were written in the books according to their works. What about those who died in the sea? Sharks ate them up or whatever. Go ahead. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. So, see, they said, well, you going to hell. Well, okay. Well, 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 let's see. Death and hell going to give up the dead, which is in them too, which is in the grave. Go ahead. And they were judged. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. Well, if hell is so bad, 
and you say you're going to hell. Well, if hell is so bad, hmm. then why would hell be going somewhere too? It looks like to me that there's something worse than hell. Read it, Brother Messenger, verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. So lake of fire is worse than hell. So with you saying, oh, you're going to hell, seems like you should be trying to say, oh, you're going to the lake of fire if you don't change your life. Because mm. hell is a temporary holding place, brothers and sisters. And what is the lake of fire called, Brother Messenger? This is the second death. So the second death, all that takes place in the 12th day. Mm. The 12th day for God, the seventh day for man. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. We got three. Let me, okay. We got to read 15. Go ahead, my brother. Go ahead. Go ahead. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Be careful, but that goes for us also as well. Three more places to go. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. Three more places. Just bear with us, brothers and sisters. Give us... Give us about five more minutes. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Now, this book says that God called the end from the beginning. Mm. How could you call the end from the beginning unless you were there in the beginning? Come on. Jesus, talked to us. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. Go ahead. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is none else. I am God. And there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So God does what he will, brothers and sisters. And again, this, this is Jesus talking. Yes. This ain't Isaiah talking. Isaiah not calling the end from the beginning. Isaiah is not saying, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. This is Jesus talking through Isaiah, brothers and sisters. Come on, man. We want you to understand that Jesus called the end from the beginning because he was there in the beginning. The only God that man has ever known, they ain't known the Father yet because the Father don't deal with flesh and blood. He doesn't deal with imperfection. He doesn't deal with sin. Man, that 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 just touched me, brother. You all right, brother? That's my son's name. Oh wow! Oh wow! Wow! That just touched. Me. God mm. be the glory, man. Whew. Book of Ezekiel, the forty-seventh chapter. The Lord gives Ezekiel a look into the kingdom, mm. and is shown how the kingdom will be divided. Come on. Here, the number twelve shows up again, and why the number twelve? Everything in this world is based. On the number of the children of Israel. That's the spiritual significance of the number 12. It is the number of the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. It's too high to get over, too low to get under, and too wide to get around it. Let's go, brother messenger. Ezekiel 47, 1 through 6. Afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under from the right side of the house, at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by ways that looked eastward. And behold, there ran out of waters on the right side. And when the man that he had 
the line in his hand went forth eastward. He measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters. And the waters were to the ankle. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. And the waters were to the knee. Mm. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through. And the waters were to the loins. It's getting deeper. It's getting deeper. Go ahead. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters was risen waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. Mm. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. It's getting good now. Let's go down to 12 and 13. Ezekiel 47, 12 and 13. Go ahead. And by the river upon the bank thereof, and on this side and on that side, shall grow all trees for me, whose leaves shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his month. Twelve. Because their waters, they issued out of the sanctuary. And the fruit thereof shall be for meat. And the leaves thereof for medicine. So wait a minute. We going to the doctor and getting all this prescription medicine when the leaf of the tree was created for medicine. Y'all better check out them herbs, brothers and sisters. Go ahead, verse 13. Thus said the Lord God, this shall be the border whereby ye shall inherit the land according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Joseph shall have two portions. The land, brothers and sisters, according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Everything in this world is predicated on the twelve tribes of Israel, and the twelve tribes of Israel was predicated on God's plan for man, brothers and sisters. The spiritual significance of the number twelve is the number of God's plan for man. For man to go from man to God. to God, brothers and sisters. From flesh to spirit, brothers and sisters. We're going to close this thing out, Brother Messenger. Come on. Exodus, the 24th chapter, last place, brothers and sisters. The spiritual significance of the number 12, Israel, Jesus, and New Jerusalem. Man has seven days. Seven days for man is... Twelve days for God, brothers and sisters. Exodus 24, 3 and 4. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord have said we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. And rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and twelve pillars mm. according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Everything is according to the twelve tribes of Israel, brothers and sisters. So again, I know we call ourselves Christian, and that is a good name, especially those of us who live in America who are descendants of the transatlantic slave trade. We even call ourselves African-American. Brothers and sisters, we were brought here and spread it throughout the four corners of the earth because our true nationality is Israelites. Again, our true nationality is Israelites. That's why no one could ever say 
what part of Africa you are from. You are just named after a continent, African, and then American. But every African who comes over to this country, many of which drive cabs, they can say, I'm Nigerian. I'm from Soweto. I'm from Ghana. I'm from Nigeria or Liberia. I'm from Zimbabwe. I'm from South Africa. Everybody has a home and a nation and a nationality except these strange people who have been called many names throughout the course of history, Negroes, African Black, African American. No nationality that identifies with us, but if you read our history, the only people that's on this earth, brothers and sisters, that matches up with the description of the condition that the children of Israel would be in today are those people that were driven to the four corners of the earth by way of ships, as it says in Deuteronomy 28:68, sold for men, slave men, and slave women, or bond men and bond women, brothers and sisters, the only people that fit that identity of the children of Israel are the ones that you're looking at. <laughs> and our family members that were driven in the Caribbean. Everywhere. And everywhere throughout the uh, four corners of the earth by way of the slave trade, brothers and sisters. We know who we are. Yeah. The question is, do you, you know who you are and, and whose you are, brothers and sisters? Israelite, as a nationality, Christian, as a follower of Christ, brothers and sisters, we are Bible-based Christians. Again, Bible-based Christians. If you can't read it, then do not believe. <laughs> believe it. We want to thank you all so much for tuning in to today's show, brothers and sisters. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we are building a Truth Hour family team. Yes. It's called Team Truth Hour. So if you're interested in being a part of Team Truth Hour, then reach out to Key Israel or myself or Brother Messenger, and we will include you into some things that we are um, um, planning on to do to grow the show so that it will get into the hands of more people. So for YouTube and Facebook and for those who are listening by way of Poet Radio, if you would like to be added to our text message invite list, so you will get a text message right before we go on the air. Then text your name and the keyword Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Text your name and the keyword Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Brothers and sisters, there won't be a Truth Hour next week. Um, I am <laughs> going to marry my queen. Yes. In Jamaica, so we are flying out in the morning. Please um, pray for us that we have um, traveling grace and just pray for our union. But we will um, be getting married in Jamaica, and um, I will be gone. (laughs) Sister Savannah say, oh, no. We try to work it out, try to see what we can do to upload a lesson while we're gone. But um, the truth hour will um, come back not next Tuesday but the Tuesday after next. But you can always go to YouTube. And, look and type in Truth Hour TV. 
and look at any old lesson that you may have missed. YouTube, we're going to sign off from you, and we're going to um, messengers going to pray us out. Y'all stay on the line. Peace and blessings, YouTube. Peace. Go ahead, brother. Message. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just want to come to say thank you, Father God. Thank you for the word that has went forth, Father God. We pray, Father God, that every ear, Father God, that heard it was blessed, Father God, as I was, Father. Father God, as Black, Brother Black Ice was, Father God, we just thank you for allowing us to be the vessels that you use, Father God, to spread your word to your people. We thank you, Father God, for just Everybody tuning in, Father God, every Tuesday when they could be doing something else, Father God. We thank you for those people that are inclined to hear the truth, Father God. We thank you, Father God, just for your son, Jesus Christ, being able to die on the cross for our sins, Father God, so that we can have a chance at eternal life, Father. We thank you, Father God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Amen. We thank you for that, Brother Messenger. Uh, let's see if we can go to the phone lines of those who are out there and you want to call in to give a comment uh, on the show, Sister Savannah, call in to the show, Brother Jordan Stubbs, call in to the show, Sister Key Israel, call in to the show, Sister Crystal, call in to the show. We want to hear from you guys to let us know what you thought about tonight's show. Um, and if someone can put that number in there for me so that you guys can call in. But we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines and uh, see who we have out there. And I'm going to put the number in the comment section also as well. Let me see. It's 724-444-7444, ID code 98696-POUND. And if it asks you for a pen, then you could just press 1, if it asks you for a pen. So the number is coming right up. Let's go ahead and go to the phone line. We got Detroit out there. Uh, Detroit, you're on the line. Tell us what you thought about tonight's show. Um, Detroit, who's this? Is this Queen Dinah? Uh, this is hi peace and blessings. Hey, peace and blessings, sis. Peace. Peace. Uh, I woo. You know that that was a powerful show. You know, um, I'm thankful uh, that you guys are going through this line by line, concept by concept, uh, because it's very important that you know we get the truth out here. You know, we have a lot of um, misconceptions about. You know what God expects of us and who we are in God. And I'm very thankful that, you know, you guys have taken the time to uh, sit down and study and then be able to give it back to the people. This was a powerful, powerful, powerful show, uh, especially dealing with the 12, because it is so prevalent. And it is something that we see. It's a sign that we see as people all the time that, you know, we never even ask questions about. You know, we go, we, we, we go and we calculate our lives, and we don't really even understand what it is that we're calculating. You know, so this is a powerful show, guys, very powerful. I'm with you. All right, you, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much, sis. So, uh, brothers and sisters, again, we thank you all for tuning in to tonight's show. I'm going to go back, and the brother messenger is going to go back and read some of the comments also as well. 
You can also inbox us on the Truth Hour show. We get a lot of inboxes from people all over the country and outside of the country, and they share with us um, their agreements and sometimes their disagreements. Um, and they also share with us the way that they've been touched by the show, the Truth Hour. And if you have a specific subject that you would like us to deal with, um, then reach out to us. And um, if it's something that we don't know, we will do the research. Absolutely. On it. And you know when you come to this show, you're going to get some researched information. <laughs> That's one thing about this show that you know. So we're going to deal with this book, The Bible, and we're going to deal with other sources as it relates to research also as well, from Wikipedia to history books, and we're going to line everything up with this Word of God when we're teaching. So I want to thank you all for tuning in again. Um, Next time I come back before y'all, I'll be a married man. Absolutely. He will be joining the club. <laughs> I'll be joining the club. <laughs> All right, y'all, man. Peace and blessings, man. We Peace. out. Share this video. Peace.